Did you know the self-improvement industry is worth over $10 billion per year? At any given point, books on the bestsellers list tend to be mostly things about personal productivity or self-improvement or organization or just making your life better, which tells me that people are looking for answers. But can the personal productivity movement supply those answers? Can it keep its promises to help us live lives that are more peaceful, more meaningful, more intentional? Or, as I want to explore in this episode, has the personal productivity movement failed us? Hey guys, welcome again to another episode of the Redeeming Productivity Show. My name is Reagan Rose, and on here, I attempt to help Christians get more done and get it done like Christians. So, what I want to talk about today is basically personal productivity, self-improvement as a movement, as an industry, as a whole, and kind of evaluating the current state of that industry. And don't hang up. This isn't a phone call, but don't turn it off yet because here's why this is, I think, is going to be interesting to you. Uh, a lot of the promises that are implicit in self-improvement literature or books on it or podcasts on it or whatever. It's not just that it's going to help you be more efficient with your time. The the implicit promise isn't just that you're going to be a better worker or get more done. There are these implicit and explicit promises that by being a productive person, these books or whatever, they're going to teach you how to be, live a more meaningful life, uh, be happier, um, make more money, and generally just be at peace. And so I want to evaluate some of these implicit promises of the personal productivity industry and question whether it has delivered on those promises or not. Has the movement failed us? Okay. So what got me thinking about this was actually an article I read back in November and I forgot about it. I I actually wrote a whole article and never published it about this article I read, but in the middle of moving and stuff, I just completely forgot about it. So the article was from Cal Newport. And if that name sounds familiar, that's because he's the author of Deep Work and Digital Minimalism. Both uh, are sort of modern classics on personal productivity and knowledge work. And I I recommend both of them. This is, I'm going to be a little bit critical of his article, but I, on the whole, like Cal Newport's work, I uh, have read his books. I subscribe to his newsletter. I read his blog. He's a good guy to follow, but he's dead wrong on this. And I'm going to kind of criticize him a little bit here and then veer off onto the own point that I want to make. So there's a little roadmap for us. So what's the article? Well, the article was called, um, the rise and fall of getting things done. And it was published in the New Yorker. I'll have a link to it in the description. If you want to go read it for yourself, it actually is a very helpful overview on, a lot of where we are right now, the history of personal productivity. So if you're somebody who's interested in uh, productivity as a whole, like, you know, you've read maybe Stephen Covey's Seven Habits for Highly Effective People or, or Getting Things Done by David Allen, or you're just interested in the topic, this is a great overview of the history of it and where it all came from. A lot of the things we take for granted, like, oh, of course, I practice Inbox Zero, or of course, I have a GTD list that I keep in, in Things or in OmniFocus or on my Reminders app. A lot of the philosophy and the history of that is covered in this article. So that's interesting. That's helpful. That I definitely think is worth reading. But um, in tracing the origin of it, he basically concludes that the personal productivity movement 
has failed to deliver on its promises. So mainly he, he says that personal productivity as kind of a, a theory <laughs> has really can only offer us coping mechanisms for surviving chaotic workplaces rather than addressing the underlying problems with the way that modern work Function. So you're listening to a productivity podcast. You you may work in an office environment or you may do something else. But if you're interested, which you clearly are, in personal productivity, it's usually because we want to get a grip on the chaos. We want a little bit more peace. We want a little bit more order to our lives. And basically Newport's argument here is that the all it does is help you manage the chaos, but there's a deeper problem in modern workplaces, which I don't want to get into too much there because I don't actually really care about that part of it. Um, but here's a quote from it, and he's criticizing um, David Allen's getting things done methodology, which is the basis for all modern task management apps and most task management systems in general. If you haven't read that book, it's worthwhile to read Getting Things Done by David Allen. Here's what he says. He says, the shortcomings of personal productivity systems like GTD that's getting things done, become clear. They don't directly address the fundamental problem, the insidiously haphazard way that work unfolds at the organizational level. They only help individuals cope with its effects. So I get what he's saying. He, he's, he's saying in a workplace, personal productivity movement has thrust back on the worker the onus for um, knowing how to cope with just basically an onslaught of different information and inputs and task requirements from different people and trying to keep that all straight. And if you've worked in an office environment, you know that feeling is basically anybody can give you something to do (laughs) many times. Uh, You don't know what has priority. And to be to rise up and do a good job at stuff, you basically need to learn how to be personally productive. That might be why some of you are listening to this. Um, and so he's, he basically pulls the rug out from the whole thing. He says, it shouldn't be that way. Why is it the worker's responsibility to manage the chaos of the office? Again, I don't want to get into that point of it. I'm just explaining to you what his, his point was in it. So I get those concerns. But what's weird is that he, he basically throws out the whole personal productivity movement as a whole and says, see, it failed. So, you know, forget it. But to that, I just say, no, it hasn't. It's personal productivity. Like if your office is chaotic, personal productivity can't help you fix that. Why could it? Why would you assume it could? It can't. But it can help us cope with the everyday things in life. It Inbox Zero can help us. Like the fact that you get an onslaught of email, that exists. That's real. I mean, you're not going to fix the modern office but you can at least learn some techniques for coping with those things and dealing with them better and use tools to be more personally productive, even if they can't cure the chaos at the source. So I think, and here's, hope you stuck with me. Here's the point I want to make. I think he's pointing the finger at the wrong culprit. I think Newport's saying in this article that he thinks that the personal productivity movement promised us that it would help us tame all the chaos in our lives, and it can't do that. And I don't think that personal productivity movement, I don't think most of the books you read about it actually make that promise. But I do think they've made other promises that they cannot keep. And so in many ways, I think the personal productivity movement has failed us in not being able to keep its own promises. So I mentioned at the beginning that there are, in the world of productivity, these implicit and explicit promises that it's going to give you peace, it's going to give you meaning, things like that. As a Christian, I can tell you that 
not only will personal productivity not give you lasting peace, it will also not give you lasting meaning. Some of the techniques and stuff you learn from being a more for practicing productivity techniques might help you in some ways with those, but it cannot keep that promise. It cannot give you peace. If you're just wanting a more efficient way to manage your day-to-day tasks, then personal productivity answers the call. Ring, ring, ring. Hello, personal productivity here to solve your problems. Boom. That will help you. And you need to learn how to do get uh, GTD or some of the other basics of how to be um, productive. But personal productivity literature makes these promises beyond the scope of just helping you to manage the chaos that, yeah, it doesn't keep. It can't keep. It cannot give you peace and meaning. So let's talk about that. Personal productivity can't give you peace. (sighs) To some degree, being more productive can give you a modicum of uh, control and and peace, but not true deep peace. Knowing that your inbox is clean, that you don't have a bunch of things sitting out here that you need to do, but you forgot about, uh, it can give you that by practicing some of the very basic things as we talked about you can learn how to manage a task list efficiently. You can learn how to manage projects from the beginning to the end. You can learn how to keep things more organized. And in that sense, it can give you the beginnings of peace and little taste of a slightly less chaotic and more ordered life. But I think, and I don't just think this, I see these promises being made by some of the the people in the productivity industry that, oh, this is the way that it's going to make your life just absolutely um, peaceful and you're not going to have a worry in the world once you um, (laughs) put your faith in personal productivity. But that's just it, isn't it? Your peace isn't going to come from learning some technique. True peace only has one source, and that's in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, You need to have peace with God and peace with men before you can have peace in your working life or in in the day-to-day requirements from you. And that's just a fact. <laughs> you know, Jesus said uh, in John 14, 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And so, if if you're getting into productivity, you're getting into some of this stuff because you're hoping that it'll give you the control that you need to not feel so um, so without peace. My challenge to you would be uh, make sure that your peace is found in Christ first. Uh, if you're a Christian, you need to trust in Him. You need to find your um, your hope in Him and your your grounding <laughs> for uh your confidence that you can walk through life with peace then you can add to that some techniques and some tools to begin to exert a greater level of uh organization and control over your day to day but if you don't start with Christ you're never going to have peace and so in that way personal productivity movement 100% has failed us it will not offer you peace only Christ can do that But the second thing I see the personal productivity movement promising and failing to give us is meaning. And I've talked about this. I bring this up quite frequently, maybe every 10 podcasts on this program. But the reason I do this podcast is I have a real beef with uh, the personal productivity world. Someone who loves that stuff 
and really uh, has benefited greatly from it. I just see them over and over again go way too far. Uh, most of the big gurus in, in personal productivity uh, tend to have at least some uh, Zen Buddhist leanings. They might not really be like practicing Buddhist, but they borrow a lot from from that philosophy. Uh, and so they get deep into the subject of productivity. And before you know it, they're going to be talking about meaning. And you can understand why they would. The, the intersection between wanting to be productive and wanting to do things with your life and meaning is pretty obvious. Like, like I said in the beginning, the reason you want to be productive uh, isn't just because you want to get like, it doesn't end with, Oh, I want to be productive because I want to get more done. No. Why do you want to do that? You want to do that because you want to live a more orderly life. You want to do that because you want to get a promotion at work. You want to do that because you want to be a pastor or a better pastor. You want to do that because you want to be a better student, a better mother, or, um, you want to start your own business. You want to be a better entrepreneur. So you need to learn to manage your time better. Like the reason you get into productivity is because you're looking at these greater goals. And when you, uh, zoom out like that and look at these bigger goals, those goals are the reason you're chasing those goals and not another is because there's some meaning to that. There's, there's some hope that if you get to there, or if you have that, your life will be more meaningful, more purposeful, more fulfilling. Right. And that's true. I'm not challenging that connection. I'm acknowledging it and saying, okay, as Christians, we need to, we can't just assume that, uh, getting into the, the subject of productivity, getting, trying to learn to be better at these things is just this bare, simple, unconnected um, philosophy. Because carried with most stuff in the personal productivity movement are secular, ungodly, uh, unbiblical philosophies about what it means to be a person, what it means to be happy, and what it what the meaning of life is. And so I think that's the second way that this movement has failed us is the personal productivity movement has promised us one peace, but it's also promised us meaning and you cannot get to meaning apart from God. What I mean is, what I mean is you can't live a purpose-filled life apart from God. You, I mean, you can live a purpose-filled life, but it's going to be the wrong purpose and the wrong meaning. You're just going to be wrong. Uh, and so these guys that, that base their, their philosophies, what, what we should be doing, what our goals should be, what the meaning of life is and on, on, on Buddhism or just secular philosophy and say, oh, we should, we should all be happy. And so start a business and be productive in doing that business and then sell it. Then you can go live on an island and be rich. Therefore, your life will be meaningful because the purpose of life is to be happy. No, wrong, error. Personal productivity can't give you meaning. Don't try to get it from there. Don't try to get it from there. Meaning comes from knowing God. So peace comes from knowing Jesus and meaning comes from following Jesus. And this is something I, I think about this all the time. And I think every Christian should is that when, when Jesus told his disciples to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Right. And he's talking about like, um, all the, the necessities of life and whatever he's saying, don't worry about that stuff. Seek first the kingdom and God's righteousness and this other stuff will follow. Um, that is where our minds have to be 
if you uh, have a philosophy of life, if you're approaching your work with any kind of <laughs> purpose behind it, that ought to be it. Uh, whatever it is you're trying to do, maybe you're trying to build a little business or something. Um, the reason you're doing that has to be that your mission is to seek God's kingdom and his righteousness. And that is something that no amount of productivity literature, no amount of apps on your phone, no amount of uh, anything external to the word of God, external to knowing him is going to provide for you. So my encouragement to you is just seek your peace, seek your meaning in Christ and keep it there and keep your focus there. And as you wade into this world of how can I be more efficient with my time? How can I be a better steward of these things? Make sure that's why you're doing it. Um, and be just really, really cautious as you're approaching personal productivity stuff because the movement has failed us. But you know who hasn't failed us is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is the rock uh, of our salvation. And he is the one, he is that strong foundation on which we should build our lives. And so, yes, let's, let's borrow, let's take from the world these ideas about how we can, you know, block our time out more, keep our inbox more organized, um, have systems for keeping our files straight and all of that. But at the back of all of it, you got to make sure you the reasoning and the purpose is all found in the Lord and the rest will follow. So that's a... That's uh, that's my encouragement for you. That's the episode. Our, our strides towards improving our personal productivity should never become a substitute for that which only Jesus can provide. Peace, meaning, and most importantly, salvation. Guys, thank you so much for listening. That is the end of the episode. Uh, before you go, don't forget to like and or subscribe if you're watching on YouTube or listening on a podcast player uh, because I come out with these weekly. I also have a blog at redeemingproductivity.com and some videos over on YouTube. So don't forget to check those out. Um, and I will see you again here next week. But until I do, please remember this. In whatever you do, do it well and do it all to the glory of God. 